Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Corey Rosen, and you are listening to The Story Podcast. Today, I have on a returning guest, Mr. Liam Galliano. Liam Galliano is a Lancaster, well, he's Lancaster's resident bass geek. He loves nothing more than exploring the instrument, learning every sound that's come before, and searching for any new sound yet to be uncovered. As a hired gun, Liam is a wise old chameleon. He can play whatever the song calls for, be it a perfectly in the pocket quarter note root, a funky slap groove, a high speed picked unison lick, or a classic two feel on a double bass. As one third of the Soul Miners Union, Liam is a storyteller. Aside from co authoring the lyrics, he carefully constructs the bass lines to contribute to the arc of the tale. Dynamics, shifts from upper to lower registers, and careful use of space allow Liam to support the song's message. As a collaborator, he enjoys reinterpreting classic tunes as well as exploring the relationship between bass and other instruments. He loves performing in a duo capacity, most commonly as Liam and Anna with a fantastic singer, Anna Kerstetter. This format allows him to explore the chordal side of the six-string bass while also serving the song. As a solo artist, the song serves the bass, a showcase for extended scale, extended techniques liam loves to employ slap tap chords and especially harmonics to take the instrument where it has never been before bass as it is a role in music it can be fulfilled by a fender precision yes but also by a piano or tuba or voice but bass is also an instrument capable of much more than playing the root notes this is liam's passion to celebrate the total instrument of the many conventional and not so conventional ways it can translate music from his soul to your ears talk bass songwriting and finding a baseline with liam galliano how are you doing today good Corey. you did well man thank you that was a real tongue twister it was, I, i've noticed that you were episode seven i've gotten much better at reading these <laughs> since yeah. then yeah i uh, i tried to make it a little shorter for you and uh unfortunately i'm just not a very concise writer i guess that's okay it's well, it's good as a songwriter not to be so concise so much truth so uh since we've last been on what are some projects that you've been uh up to you're still a part of the soul miners union i i hear they have new material out yeah so uh we have two singles uh since i was on last and uh we are working on wrapping up uh our ep so there'll be three more songs on top of the two singles um Besides that, uh, yeah, I mean, I've just been trying to kind of do some more solo stuff uh, on the six-string bass. Um, yeah, that's that's the most of it. So here's a question. Why do you prefer a six-string bass over the normal four-string? Uh, so I love them both, and it totally depends on the situation. But uh, a six-string gives you an extra high string and an extra low string. So the extra low string really gives you that kind of like bass note, you know? And actually Soul Myers Union, for example, down tunes a whole step. So really? uh, yeah, so we're in D standard. Um, but, you know, if you have a six string, you don't have to tune down to get those low notes. Um, and then, you know, the high string gives you a lot of flexibility with playing chords and uh, with like harmonics, especially because um you know if you're thinking about like natural harmonics on the instrument you there are very specific places where you have to play it's almost like i don't know if anyone's messed around with you know finding all the natural harmonics on a bass or a guitar but it's almost like uh, there's a second fretboard on top of the fretboard that you're used to seeing where you know there are all these new shapes for you can play like scales in harmonics and they're all you know it's all these different shapes you have to learn i imagine it's almost like if you're like a woodwind player mm. and you're like playing sax and clarinet or something you know and you have to like learn all the different fingerings it's just like that playing harmonics and anyway this is long-winded but the point is having that extra high string opens up a whole nother set of those harmonics so you can really play around with playing chords and chord melodies so for your solo project is it just you and bass and then your voices or yeah that's um yeah it's kind of solo bass stuff and sometimes i'm singing and i'm kind of working out like 
you know, how much I want to sing. Um, I've got some tunes that are really just instrumental. I've got some where I sing a little bit. I've got some where I'm singing a lot. Um, but I'm just kind of, I'm kind of figuring it out. <laughs> so it's, and it's you and Anna Kerstetter, right? Oh, so yeah, that's a, that's a separate, oh, that's, a separate that's a project. duo thing. But, um, but yeah, no, I, I love playing with her. Yeah. What's it like to take, uh, classic tunes and, uh, basify them? It's cool, man, because it, so like anytime you take, uh, you know, anytime you take a cover, well, not anytime, but most of the time there are a ton of layers, mm -hmm. you know, there might be a guitar, a bass, drums, horns, you know, string section, just tons of layers that you need to, uh, take apart, like pull away the parts that aren't as important and identify like what is the key uh, part of the harmony? What are the key parts that you need to try to distill onto one instrument? And I don't know, I just think it's really exciting to like try to figure out what do I need to include to honor the song? Mm. What is unnecessary? And then sometimes you'll find that there's actually a lot of stuff you really have to include to, you know, properly honor the song. And then maybe you decide, okay, I just can't play the song, <laughs> you know, on one bass. Or maybe you say... On one bass as opposed to two basses. Right, right. right. Or, or maybe you say, uh, how can I take all of these parts and put them together? Do I have to do like a two-hand tap thing? Do I have to, you know, say like... Um, so, for example, Anna and I cover Like a Stone. And you know, uh, by Audio Slave, and that mm -hmm. song has this great bass line and a great guitar line in the verse, and they're both totally key. Like, like that song is not that song without the bass and the guitar. And so, the way we do it actually is, I play pretty much just the bass line for the first half of the verse, and then I play pretty much just the guitar line with like some like root notes added for the second half of the verse. And what that does is it actually uh, changes the feel of the tune halfway through the verse. So it kind of adds some energy while also, you know, in my opinion, honoring the song a little more than if I had only played one or the other. Mm. So well, here's a question I just had randomly. Would you ever want to have like a bass ensemble? Oh, totally. And I, well, well, not as much a bass ensemble. I mean, I would love that too. But I love the idea with, of collaborating with as many people as possible. And I would love to have some kind of uh, some kind of outfit where, you know, it's like drums, two basses, so myself and another bass player. And then, you know, maybe a guitar, maybe keys, something like that. And the other bass player and I would sort of take turns playing, you know, low end stuff and then and then the high end like chordal and and soloing and and that kind of thing and i would love that because you know i love like exploring the instrument playing chords and and playing harmonics i love all that stuff but i also love just playing bass lines <laughs> you know so it'd be really fun to be able to trade that off with someone it sounds like you need to talk to henry henry is the perfect candidate yeah, you heard it here henry <laughs> i'm coming for you yeah Henry's he's so, so busy though man. he is so busy because he's so good yeah, right exactly it's exactly right you should have him on again he was number two you should i should have him on again um that would be really cool man having two bases and then uh i wonder because this is a part of your bio how do you keep then uh because everyone has its space in its pocket right how do you stay within your lane essentially as if you'd if you'd have that many stuff going on you have your keys you have your the guitar you have two bases how would you organize that? Yeah, I think in that particular band situation, you would just, everyone would just have to, you know, well, actually with any band, everyone just has to try to serve the song. So in that context, you would really need one of the bass players to be fulfilling the bass role mm -hmm. at all times. And, you know, within one song, you could totally trade back and forth. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you really need one of the bass players to be always fulfilling the bass role or, I mean, you just said keyboard. If you had a keyboard instead of a guitar, the keyboard could yeah, do right. the bass too. And you got both, both bass players, electric <laughs> bass players doing other stuff. 
That'd be really interesting, actually. Actually, Henry would be really cool because he also plays upright bass. So it might be really fun if you had one electric bass, one upright bass, and traded that back and forth. You play upright bass too. Right. So that would be really cool. How many basses do you have? Uh, Nowadays, I have less than a dozen nowadays. Less than a dozen dozen for sure. Um, But I, I have had more than a dozen. What's your favorite one right now? Uh, so my, my two favorites right now, not counting the double bass because that's a separate thing, uh, in my opinion. But my, my two favorite electric basses right now are my 1975 Fender Jazz. And, and that thing just, you know, it can play anything. Anytime I show up as, as a hired gun, I know that the Fender Jazz is, is going to handle it. Uh, and then my, uh, my new bass is a Kiesel six string headless short scale 30 inch <laughs> scale with a zebra wood fingerboard and it is just so cool so you mentioned that having that uh 75 fender being able to use anything how do you are there different bases that handle different songs or different ways or how does that work most definitely um now that particular base just so I, I shouldn't say it can handle everything. I mean, and for one, it's a four string, so it doesn't have the low B and, and the high C that maybe you want for some applications. But, you know, for the, the vast majority of, of pop music, rock music, um, even jazz, you really just need those four strings with a tone that has a good fundamental, but also can cut through the mix. Because, mm. you know, I found for me anyway, that playing like a P bass, which is actually, you know, the most recorded bass in history, um, that sometimes that bass can have trouble cutting through the mix, like in a live setting, especially. So for example, if someone wants you to play a solo or something like that, a P bass with flat wounds is not always going to do the trick, but this, you know, jazz bass will. It's interesting. I've never... (laughs) Uh, the complexities of basses and amps, especially as a uh, not a guitar person, is a lot. Yeah, and I'm not the best guy to talk to about amps. I've actually been playing my uh, my Mark bass combo for like, I mean, at least ten years now. I'm pretty pretty much my my whole career, pretty much all the time. I've been playing bass almost. I've been playing that that Mark bass, and it just sounds great. But I don't really know how to tell you, you know, what sounds better or what sounds less good. So. For you, I as a as a resident gay gay speak, uh, bass geek. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you've been uh, doing your TikToks and your Instagrams. Tell me about that and what what what's your goal with uh, those things? Well, uh, I just kind of, I, you know, I want to have some kind of online presence. I want to try to build my brand somehow. Um, and I'm not totally, I'm not like an expert with this stuff at all so if anyone wants to uh send me a message about what i should be doing differently i would love to have it um but i'm just sort of you know basically making content that i enjoy making that i think maybe someone would get value out of um at least i'm I'm trying to think about that way and kind of the intersection of that uh you know, it's the kind of content I'm trying to make and I'm trying to figure out then what platform is best for that. And so I'm, I'm sort of in the early stages of really trying to like figure out a social media strategy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been posting stuff on social media forever, but I'm like trying to actually be a little more strategic. And so kind of at the moment, what I'm doing is putting, trying to make content that I like, that I hope other people would like you know, that's high enough quality that's worth people's time. And I'm trying to put that, I'm putting it on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, just kind of everything. And just kind of seeing what, you know, what takes off a little more or, you know, where people want to see that kind of content. If that makes sense. Yeah. Are you using hashtags? I am using hashtags. Okay, good. That's like, I don't know if I'm using them correctly. Yeah, that's like the number one thing I'm learning is uh, hashtagging is everything. Yep. Getting the right hashtags. See, even that's complicated, though, because like Instagram wants more hashtags. TikTok wants fewer. YouTube shorts, you only get 100 characters, including the description of the video. 
and hashtags right so with 100 characters you're getting like five hashtags maybe maybe right yeah and then youtube full-length videos don't want like well they don't need any hashtags you can put some but it's much less important apparently for youtube from what i've heard it's and it's all about uh for for at least long form video it's all about titling right on on youtube and the clip art or thumbnail thumbnail yeah (laughs) clip art yeah yeah (laughs) uh and see i love youtube like as a as a content uh consumer i don't watch tiktok at all and i don't have a problem really yeah i don't like have a problem with tiktok it's just it's not my thing well i guess i do the problem i have with it for me is that the content is too short form i really like long form content and and so i really like youtube and i like listening to podcasts and interviews and like you know, I like twenty-minute videos and mm-hmm. and that or longer. Yeah, <clears throat> and I well, I have a slight the slight gripe with TikTok is that I think it's causing a short short-term gratification a little bit too much, a little bit. Definitely could be. Definitely could be. <laughs> I I don't have any evidence for it, but it's possible. I, on the bright side, though, with TikTok, uh, you know, on the bright side for any social media nowadays musicians and and artists really haven't and comedians especially with tiktok really really have a platform where we can just blow up overnight we can just put out something that's like genuinely artistic to us and just wake up the next morning and be like successful which is which is so cool so cool and i must say that tiktok and you know these platforms are really good for that but it's it's so hard to get it just right. Yeah, yeah. So what do you uh, what do you want to be your brand? You talked about your brand. What what is Liam Galliano based? Yeah. So I I like to see myself as as a true bass player. In that I play, you know, I I push the instrument and and I do things, and you know, that's why I aspire to 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 be a pioneer and do things on the instrument that other people haven't done. I mean, it's a very young instrument. Is it really? 1951 is the first electric bass ever. I mean, there were upright basses before that, but 1951 is the first electric bass. And so, and you know, like slap pop bass, for example, um, was, you know, that's basically invented by Larry Graham, who's still alive. I mean, he's in his seventies, <laughs> like the guy who invented slap, slap pop. Wow. Basically. Yeah, I know. So it's a very young instrument, and I feel like there's a lot to still be discovered on it, a lot to a lot to do with it. And I think it's a very exciting time to be an electric bass player. And I'm just kind of kind of all about it, you know. But at the same time, I really love the instrument for those big low notes and the role. You know, I, I love it for its ability to fill the bass role in music too and so i really try to be someone who can just do absolutely anything on the instrument that a song calls for and sometimes that's super advanced techniques and it's really interesting flashy new stuff sometimes it's just very basic you know just good tones and 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 just um yeah i mean like I like I said, they're a chameleon. Like I, I I try to be, I try to be a chameleon. So what are some of the techniques you're working on now? Could you say again? I'm sorry. What are some of the techniques you're working on now? Oh, techniques. Yeah. Um, well, I've really been trying to get my slap chops together. Uh, I actually started, and this probably partially explains my obsession with trying to push the instrument. Is uh, I started playing when I heard Les Claypool for the first time in Primus, and. Uh, and so I've kind of been obsessed with slap bass since the beginning. And then I kind of put that on the back burner for a while because it, you know, I went to Nam and like everyone's just slapping all over the place. And it's just like kind of obnoxious, really. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, you know, I don't need to be a slap player. I can like figure out other things to do on the bass. And I sort of pivoted to a lot of um, like, like palm muting where I like rest my palm on the bridge. And then I kind of play almost like a classical guitarist kind of thing oh, yeah. where you use multiple fingers and your thumb. So I kind of pivoted to that and Steph slapping. And I just kind of, I'm going back to, to my roots and getting back into slap. 
but I'm also really interested in, uh, you know, uh, two hand tap like John Ferrara is the king of that right now um, from consider the source, but I'm kind of getting into that. That is something I've always done in, in original music I've composed. I mean, pretty much since like the first year I started playing, I've, I've used two hand tap, but never very well. Like I know when I listen back to myself, when I listen back to myself, I'm like, you know, that's a cool idea. It makes sense that I'm trying because I've always used it musically because it what it does is it lets you play bass notes and melodies or chords at the same time, you know, which is right. so useful musically, so useful. Um, but I've never dialed in my technique to the point where it's like consistent and like in time. And so that's something I've, you know, I'm, I'm starting to work on a little bit too. So you see, you see, you have the bass guitar. What do you want to be able to accomplish with the bass guitar? Like what is a, what is a, a you say you want to be a pioneer and I guess you don't know until you figure it out, but what is one thing you think you could do on the bass that you want to try to execute? I think I'm really excited by the idea of being uh, a musician who can like sing and play uh, the instrument, play a solo bass and kind of do almost what like a singer songwriter with like an acoustic guitar does on a guitar. You want to be Phil Collins, but on the bass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would like his groove to his yeah. pocket. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's something that I haven't seen very much of at all. I mean, I've seen a lot of fantastic bass players uh who do amazing like solo bass type stuff without singing but the truth is as a songwriter i picture lyrics in my head like i'm very lyric driven i prefer i saw anthony on your podcast recently talk about how he prefers music without lyrics actually uh because it's more open to interpretation and which is awesome but i am totally the opposite i (laughs) I so prefer music with lyrics. Um, and there are exceptions, of course. Of course. I was just talking about John Ferrar and Consider the Source. Woo. Yeah, those guys don't need lyrics. But <laughs> but uh, either way, the music I write has lyrics. The melodies I write have lyrics connected to them. And so I'm really working on my singing and really uh, trying to practice that more and get it to a point where I can create the music in my head which has a lot of lyrics and perform that as, as a soloist. And, you know, I love old tunes. I love, I've always said, I'd love to be in like a wedding band. I love, like, I I seriously love, you know, getting hired to just play like acoustic gigs at, at bars and everything and just play, you know, top 40 or whatever. These covers that some musicians say are like cheesy or whatever, you know, and I totally get that. I've played, I played Mary Jane's last dance about a thousand times, <laughs> but I don't think it gets boring because people dig it. Yeah. You know? It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. It's fun. Ain't no sunshine. Like a superstition. Right. I've played these songs a million times and, and it's I, still, I love it's playing great every time. I, yeah, I love playing it every time. Seriously. So, you know, I, I definitely, because of that could see myself performing that type of music. Um, but with the extra, in my opinion, fun, like puzzle of figuring out how to do it on bass. Oh yeah. And especially to, to do all that cool stuff and sing it's, that's a lot. And that's going to take a serious bass player and a serious vocalist and a whole lot of limb independence. Yeah. <laughs> to do. Yeah. I, uh, it's funny, man. I've been, I've been working on it and, uh, I've had some, I've played at like some open mics lately and, uh, you know, and afterwards people, who are being, you know, I ask people to be very honest because I'm working on it, you know, and they'll mm-hmm. say, oh, you're a great bass player, you know, and then if I push them, they're like, yeah, the singing could use some work, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you're a great bass player. <laughs> Actually, someone gave me some really insightful advice that um, they said that my singing is really good rhythmically, mm-hmm. um, but the pitch needs some work, which I know the pitch needs work, but uh, and that's hard. Oh, it's hard. oh, it's hard, dude. It's it's, it's so a struggle. Hard. But I really appreciated, you know, uh, that feedback, and and I appreciate, or it's kind of cool that like rhythmically I've got something going there. And it makes sense because it's you know what I've studied so long Basis on the instrument. Yeah, 
Yeah. We have a, a sample of your some of your solo projects. You want to play? Yeah. Are you? Which one are you going to pull Goosenecking. Up? Goosenecking. Yeah. Okay. So this one uh, I wrote with Anna Kerstetter, my fiance, and she is singing in it and she wrote the words. I actually first wrote the tune, you know, the, the groove and, and everything back when I was in a band called Sun and Rain. Um, that was, oh man, at least six years ago now, I think. Um, and so I've just kind of been sitting on this, you know, general idea for the song ever since then. And then um, during quarantine, uh, during COVID, like 2020, I'm like, all right, we are recording this finally. So I reached out to a drummer, uh, Aaron Taylor, who's absolutely incredible. You should check out his solo music, by the way. And he uh, recorded drums on it. They sound amazing. And then again, it like two years went by and I still never <laughs> finished it. <laughs> and then uh, finally I got Anna to record on it and um, it felt like it was missing something. And so I reached out to Bubby Lewis, who is like one of the greatest bass players of all time. This guy's incredible. Uh, he's based in Japan. And so he recorded some lead stuff on top. And so you'll hear some insane bass shredding in this. Almost none of that is me. It's almost all Bubby Lewis. Just you'll hear me playing actually, like we talked about earlier, I'm playing the bass bass. I'm bass playing bass. I'm playing the low, the, the groove. The roots. Yeah. And then and then Bubby just has some insane moments. So. This is a little bit of a long piece, so hope you enjoyed this ride. This is Goosenecking by Liam Galliano. <laughs> Swallow you all. 
Like in my limb, Galliano. What a, what a crazy song, man! With all sorts of things going on there. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, um, I, I'm excited to to uh, officially release that. This this was just kind of a sneak peek, and uh, you know the the dude who mastered it for me, Jeff King, uh, he's Lancaster based, and he is amazing. I can't even like the pre master and the post master. I just get he, he post master. He did think <laughs> he did. He did things that like, I did not know were possible in, in the mastering process. You know what I mean? And uh, anyway, so he, the point is he would like to, you know, tweak another couple things. So, so once, once that's all tweaked, then, uh, then we'll be releasing that officially, but I, I love how it sounds now. Is that going to be like a single or is that going to be part of a bigger project? Uh, I'll be a single and maybe also on an album. This is something, I feel like people don't really do albums anymore. That's been a whole conversation yeah. on this podcast. Yeah. yeah. So I'm I'm trying to it'll be a single. I'm gonna make a music video for it for sure. Yeah. I actually, I mean, this is an aside, but I really love editing videos too. And so I'm kind of excited to try to make like a, a proper music video for it. And um yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll see. I'll, I'll release it as a video and a single and, and then we'll we'll go from there. Yeah, what what where's your stance on the album single debate? Well, the reality of the situation is, and please don't crucify me, I find that most albums are too long for me. So maybe I uh, maybe I have the TikTok uh, short extension pan- span uh, ailments myself, but I really love like EPs. I love like five tracks, six tracks. Um, like I said, the Soul Miners Union uh, album that we're putting out is really an EP. It's five tracks. And to me, I just, I love that format. I think you can still tell a story and I think it's uh, not so long that, you know, that, that you lose interest. A lot of times when I listen to albums, there are some exceptions. There are some albums out there, like, for example, The Stranger by Billy Joel. Right. Uh, pretty much every Beatles album. Th- those are kind of the exceptions where, like, I can listen to those albums straight through on repeat. 
listen to them over and over again, you know. <laughs> but most albums, halfway about halfway through, I find myself changing to something else. I've never been able to sit through an album. That is that is a crime I have committed. <laughs> That's what you're you're saying. You have trouble listening to a whole album. Oh, I've never attempted even. Wow. Yeah. Well, I, The Stranger by Billy Joel is a really good place to start. Because that's basically a greatest hits. I mean, oh, is it? It's it's not. I mean, but it it basically is because <laughs> every single song is out of this world. No I, bad song on that. I'll have to check it out. I know. I know it's kind of like a crime because everyone has like their favorite album. Like, I've never listened to it. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, I should do it. I really should do it. Yeah. So I mean, I I, I identify with you. I mean, well, so I was just listening to uh, Jaco Pistorius's great album, you know, and it happened like halfway through. I'm like, oh man, this was amazing. <laughs> but then I like looked and there's still like five songs left. And I'm like, oh man, I gotta, I gotta listen to something else. But that's why I think an EP, you know, a five or six track EP is, or should be like the wave of the future. I'm not super in love with the idea that it's all going to be singles from yeah, now I on. That. Yeah. So I feel like there's a nice in between. And, you know, something I've been thinking about is it'd be really cool to release like, a five track EP or album and then release like another five track EP that uh, maybe you master them together too. So it's almost like releasing an album in two halves and then like, you can like sell a double EP almost what like a double EP. Oh, a double EP. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure I'm not inventing this. No, but, well, uh, well but, I, but I, the idea I just made is... that up because it's oh, okay. Like, yeah. You have a double album, right? Right. If that concept went up added so, to a double EP. Yeah. And then, you can and then if you make the artwork similar um i feel like you could then sell this you could print vinyl because people are getting into vinyl now which they is are. awesome so you can now print this on vinyl with with one album on the front one album on the back and you could even put like your artwork you know artwork on the front for the one album artwork on the back for the other album and so basically you've released them in two pieces but then you can market them together together if people yeah. i'm pretty sure people already do that for, for like when they make double albums when they make 24 songs at lists yeah it's just shortening it down and making uh them that's no, it's a good it's a it's a i'm sure people already do it but oh, it's something I, I feel like that to me is like way. a good it feels like a good way forward where you can still maintain you know the integrity of an album like still tell a story like the concept yeah yeah of without, an album yeah. and it's it's the <laughs> it's the whole fight over should we watch a movie or should we watch a netflix series <laughs> or something right. like that right long form over short form and i, I like eps eps are really nice they're, they're uh you can listen to them on your drive to work an album you have to like dedicate time and block it out totally to, like, listen to yeah totally so for uh getting on to the soul miners union you've been doing that actually before we switch off base so there was a few questions from the audience uh oh. about bass so do you feel do you find that rat runes as far as tone i find them a bit money personally how do you find uh rat runes flat wounds flat wounds i'm sorry i'm i'm yeah. blind got it so yeah flat wounds so that's kind of like um that's what i was talking about earlier so mm -hmm. like i said you know like a p bass with flat wounds is kind of like the quintessential bass sound i mean it's probably the most recorded bass sound well sorry most recorded electric bass sound in history which now I think about might also be the most recorded bass sound because I don't, you know, they didn't have recording, uh, you know, in the 1700s. But anyway, anyway, <laughs> regardless, um, yeah. Anyway, that sound is awesome, like in the studio, especially I think because uh, it just it, it sits really well into the mix, like in the studio. But I think when in a live setting, sometimes that sound can really get lost um you know with, with a full band playing live or like if they you know if you're expected to do like a solo or something place like a melody like something where the bass is doing more than just holding down the low end like it's it, it can definitely uh you can get lost in the mix for sure it could be muddy so uh onto the soul miners you know you guys just had a, a release come out uh this past new year and you're set to come out for another one yeah so uh yeah so our first single was uh a couple months a couple months prior to that near the end of 22 2022 
And then this one that you have here is called Searching for Home. This one uh, we dropped like at the last minute of 2022, pretty much like right before the new year. And then uh, and we actually talking about video editing. I edited together uh, a YouTube video. Uh, go check out our channel. I, I put together a YouTube video of like all of our a bunch of highlights of 2022. So there are a lot of like fun like videos in there, just like band being goofy and, and stuff like that. Um, and then, yeah, we've got three more tracks for this EP. Um, we don't have an exact release date yet, but they're being mastered and mixed right now. It was the theme, if you can give that away. The theme of the EP? EP? Yeah. I would, I would consider the theme like power trio. You know, like really, uh, if you're looking for, if you want to listen to it and you're all about guitar, and vocals and kind of like that kind of thing. I mean, you know, you have that with Ben for sure. With ben Brandt, yeah. But if you want to listen to it and you're a drummer or a bass nerd, uh, there's a lot of really cool bass stuff, a lot of really, really great drumming stuff. So, and let me say too, the sound we were really going for was like kind of a live one, you know, okay. really like when the album is not perfect, which I like personally i mean that was kind of the intention we want you to listen to it and kind of like think that you could be at a live show you know and so we we you know double tracked some guitars but not much i mean like there might be like two tracks of guitars um, but they're like there's no other no like keyboards or uh nothing that the band doesn't have in a live setting right so tell me about a little bit about this piece searching for home uh ben and i started writing a little kind of a while ago now actually it's it's the second song that we uh wrote together um and yeah i mean pretty much i this one so kind of all of the songs that we we wrote on this ep we kind of co-wrote the lyrics for but some of them he wrote much more the lyrics some of them i wrote much more the lyrics uh this one is much more my lyrics that I, I kind of originally wrote out all the lyrics and then he tweaked pieces of it to better you know he's got a real style like a real singing style mm -hmm. um that is not the same as mine so which is cool but it means that you know when i write lyrics he he needs to tweak them around so that they sound like something that he would sing. would sing yeah um but uh yeah, I mean it's it's a cool track. Uh I I really I think this one of all the songs on the EP really captures the live sound the most. With that said, this is Searching for a Home by the Soul Miners Union. Get my nowhere. I feel like my time's gone. I'm stuck on a town where no one gives a damn. I feel like I better leave the road. I got a house, ain't got no home. I got a place to call my own. Stuck in a place where I'm all alone. Stuck in heads that seem to come and go. I'd rather be anywhere but here. I feel like it's just like I go. Got a house, ain't got no home. I got a place to call my own. Searching for my ground. Where I go, I won't be found. Leave a 
By the Soul Miners Union that's searching for a home. They have their new album or EP coming out sometime this year. Yep, yep. And you know what? I forgot to mention that we recorded that at the Swamp Studios with, oh, with Johnny, Johnny B. B. Yeah. Yeah, I want to make sure to mention that because that's definitely a part of why it sounds so great. That and um and Shane Moore uh mixing it and recording it and everything. Super talented. And you know, it was great having Johnny uh share his wisdom in a space so we're kind of running out of time here what what are where can people find you in your projects um yeah you can find me on pretty much all those social medias not twitter but yeah facebook (laughs) instagram tiktok youtube i'm just kind of i think i'm just liam galliano on all of them um yeah g-a-l-i-a-n-o so we have um I like to ask all these questions to my guests before we get into our last part. So, and I have to remember which questions that these I've asked you before. What since since you've been on the show, what is one of the one of the funniest experiences you've had? Whoa, I did not see this coming. Like on a gig or like worst things that ever happened. It's tough. Ask me another one. I'm gonna think about that and come back to it. All right, so. What is one of the best pieces of advice that anyone has ever given you in regards to music? Um, dude, I am like not prepared for these questions at all. <laughs> um, I think I can't name like who who exactly has has told me. Uh, I think a lot of people have probably said this to me, but I just think you know trying to be authentic to yourself and and not not being afraid of you know what you think other people want you to sound like i mean you need to serve the song but you need to serve the song through the lens of what you believe serves the song Mm -hmm. well there you go did you think of anything funny i i totally did not dude i'm I'm very sorry no it's okay it's fine um so we have one more piece of yours, Ollie's Pond. Yeah, so, <clears throat> excuse me. This is part of um, like a, a series, I guess, that I'm doing called Base Nature Coffee. Pretty much, I'm uh, just filming nature scenes as I see them. Um, and I'm basically like then later watching these nature scenes and thinking of like, basically I'm composing a song on, on the solo bass usually while drinking coffee or always (laughs) I drink a lot of coffee Um, and I'm just sort of trying to, you know, trying to recreate what I'm seeing or just, you know, write something that I think sort of captures the nature scene. Cause I think music and nature are, uh, 
are just yeah, yeah. very connected and i you know sometime in the future i would love to like you know steal the comedians and cars getting coffee do like bassists in nature drinking coffee or something <laughs> ridiculous like that that'd be really cool music videos of just you and you walking down a nature path and playing your bass guitar yeah, that'd be yeah. a really cool music video yeah thanks man so with that said that's how we're going to end out tonight if you are interested in hearing uh more this is the story podcast my name is Coy rosen this is liam galliano you can find out more about me at my website Coy rosen productions.com that's c-o-r-y-r-o-s-e-n productions.com you can find out more about the previous guests that i've had on and all the personal projects that i'm currently working on there's a few of them and up next we have well we got we got a free weekend for for once in this this podcast (laughs) history almost wow yeah right i gotta i gotta go home and do some dental work not four guests in one week not Not, three guests no guests no guests in one week uh at least one weekend at least uh this monday we have uh jake mock coming on he's a local country cpma nominee uh this year i think so we're gonna talk talk country music talk music and all things about him and then uh next saturday we have uh, a two a two for one deal we got angel dway he's coming in he's a afro beat maker and uh rapper and he'll be coming in and we have grimlock who is a uh a rapper a rapper producer around in the area and if i'm not mistaken he's bringing his brother who's also a local activist art artist as well uh so i'm really excited to have all three of those people come in and just hang out and talk music for a little bit with all that said i hope you guys have a wonderful rest of the day and we will see you guys later bye